0: hey guys welcome to because i said so the podcast where we discuss age and how it affects how we perceive ourselves how we perceive others and the conversations that we have because of it thank you for listening and please leave a review to support the podcast thank you Hey guys, so for this week's episode, we're doing a little bit of a different one. We're doing a Halloween special. So I've asked a bunch of past guests and friends to submit their scary stories in whatever way that means to them. It doesn't have to be a typical scary story, but I hope you enjoy. And I will also put one of my own in here as well.
1: Okay, so this is going to actually be a retelling of one that I remember reading because I have this book called Alfred Hitchcock Presents Stories for Late at Night, and it's gonna be like from my perspective of it, so it's not gonna be like accurate entirely, it's just gonna be the bits and pieces I can remember. So it's called The Whole Town Sleeping by Ray Bradbury. So basically, these three women are going out to din- uh, to dinner and to watch a movie in, like, the 50s. Um, they're, they're neighborhood friends. They know each other. They're walking downtown because they live kind of close to it, but it's still a walk away. They're going downtown saying hey to everyone, catching dinner, and some people around are like, oh, my God, have you heard about the guy who murdered people? Did you hear that, like, our one um, neighbor got murdered the other day? They're like, no, oh my god, that's so insane. They're like, yeah, you gotta watch out for him. Like, he's he really could be anybody. Like, no one knows who he is. He's kind of everywhere. And, you know, it's like the fear creeping in of, like, women walking home alone at night and being upset and everything and not knowing who to trust. So they go to the movie, and then it, they get out, and it's dark, and they realize, oh my god, it's dark, <laughs> and we're gonna have to walk home alone. They didn't think this through. And then the three of them are like, okay, well, we'll walk together. Um, Then they drop their first friend off first. And they're like, okay guys, you gotta be so careful. Like I'm safe here. You guys have watched me go in, but you guys gotta watch each other's backs. Then the two of them are going home and then the next lady's house is there. And then she's like, yeah, how about you just like stay the night here? Like, I really don't want you walking home alone. And then the girl who lives far out, she's like, no, I'm not afraid. Like, I don't really think it's true. You know, I think I'll be fine basically. And she's like, no, like I want you to stay. And she's like, no, I'm going home. I will be fine. Even though on the inside, she's like, okay, uh, I'm going to have to do this. And then her friend, uh, when they're at her place, she says, okay, you have to call me the minute you get into your house, though. She says, okay, I will do that. So then this last girl starts walking home. It's almost pitch black except for a few street lamps. And she's walking, and she hears footsteps behind her, or she thinks she hears footsteps behind her, like 20. And she's like, holy like, shit. Can I curse in this? I'm sorry. She's like, oh my god. What the hell? It's her alone in the middle of the night. She starts picking up her pace, like, and then she hears whistling behind her, like some dude whistling. And she's like, oh my god. And starts running and running to her house. She feels like she's hearing running behind her, but she's there. She finally gets into her house, and she doesn't hear anything. She doesn't hear anything at all. And she's like, oh my god, I'm safe. It must have just been my imagination. Uh, I'm too freaked out about this. I'm fine. So she gets to her phone and she calls up her friend and she's like, hey, I'm home. I'm good, basically. Um, Everything's fine. Have a good night. As soon as she hangs up the phone, she hears the whistling again, but it's inside her house. And then that's the story. (laughs) Ta-da! It, like, freaked me out when I read it, like... yeah okay there you
2: go so my freshman year of high school um i played tennis after school so i would bring my tennis bag with all of my rackets and a change of clothes to school every day um and one day i i would walk up to my mom's office after school before practice uh so I walked up to my mom's office. I thought everything was fine, um, but then I'm sitting down, I'm sitting on the chair, and I'm tapping through my Snapchat stories. And I open a story, and I see a picture, it's from this boy in my grade who I don't think I'd ever spoken to. I uh, Maybe i spoken to him twice. And I see a picture of a pair of underwear in the middle of the hallway. And the caption was, it do be like that sometimes. And I looked closely and I was like, is that my underwear? And then I looked in my tennis bag and my underwear wasn't in it. And that was honestly the scariest, one of the scariest moments of my life. Because I realized in that moment that my underwear, I don't know why I packed a change of underwear, I guess I'm just extra prepared, had wound up in the middle of the school hallway on this random kid's Snapchat story. Top 10 scariest moments for me. Um, I have not, I actually have spoken to him, but not about this specific situation, but it is senior year, so I think by the end of the year... I will let him know that it was my underwear.
0: Okay, so I vaguely remember this story, but my mom retells it all the time. It was like, this is the evidence that you could see ghosts when you were younger. And I have a couple of stories like this, but this one I think is the creepiest. So when I was younger, there was a big historic house near where I lived um, that a family used to live in. A long time ago, but then it became this, like, historical monument. But one night, we were driving past this with my sister in the front seat and my mom in the driver's seat, and I was in the back. And I looked out the window, and I was just, like, staring. So we were sitting at a stoplight, and my sister asked me what I saw. And I looked out, and I was like, I see a boy and a girl. And then she asked me to kind of, like, explain what i meant because <laughs> um, i was staring and like so like entranced in this thing um and i explained that i saw them standing there and that they looked sad and that they were wearing wet clothes and she like continued to kind of like prompt me this was kind of like as we drove away um but i said that i saw a man and a woman walking down from the house and we kind of didn't think much of it but my mom ended up like somehow at work talking to a friend and being like well my daughter saw all of this like isn't that kind of weird because I think her friend used to work there or like knew someone who did um and so she was kind of able to she just knew more about it than we did and um uh, her friend was like actually that's really weird because there was a family that like used to live there and um these two kids got into a car wrecker ride at the tree that I saw these kids standing at. And it was, like, a rainy day, and so, like, I think, like, their car just swerved off the road or something. Um, but, like, the parents came down and had to, like, come get them. And my mom was, like, holy crap. Like, definitely very, like, chilled. And so that was, like, one of the biggest times that we were, like, that is so weird. And I do vaguely remember it, um to this day but that is my scary halloween story from my childhood so yeah
3: horror as human fog, as the bell hit 8 a.m a sudden screech erupted across the hallway the screaming kept continuing until it became silent nothing but cold air filled the hallways then the screaming continued after every 15 minutes more screams kept adding on all I could hear is the same sound coming from that damned room. After my integrated math 3 class with Mr. Yosef, it happened again. The third floor was shaking by the sheer amount of screams coming from the room. I slowly crept up the three flights of stairs, breathing very heavily due to my insufficient lungs. I seek to find where the screams are coming from. Out of nowhere, heavy steps came crashing to the third floor. Thud after thud after thud, the sound grew by every step. As I peeked the corner, I could see. If all I could understand was happening, the only thing I could comprehend was those eyes. Every time I looked at those eyes, all I could think about was to run. The steps got faster and harder. I tried to run, but those damn stairs stopped me. I fall and hit the ground next to the door with all the screams. The footsteps stopped immediately. I could only hear the sound of my breath until I saw a face in the corner of my eyes. When I turned my head, I screamed. Did you read both of the poems? Did you read Frankenstein? Are you ready for the volume one test? These crushed my ears as Miss Haney repeated these over and over. As I lay trampled by all these assignments, the only thing I'm able to see is one big fat F on top of my face. This is the horror of Hume Fogg.
4: In the town next to mine, in johnson city there was supposed to be a girl named sarah who had a sleepover she was in high school she was a cheerleader had a lot of friends over and they sat around and were telling ghost stories and um then they went to sleep what they didn't know was that there was a guy who was just insane and had just robbed a gas station and killed somebody and he escaped from the county jail, and he was on the run from the police. Well, Sarah had this little dog that anytime she got scared, she just reached down and let it lick her hand. Well, during the night, Sarah kept hearing a dripping sound, and she reached down, and and the little dog licked her hand. And so she thought everything was okay. It happened a couple times that she'd hear a dripping sound, and she'd reach down, and the dog would lick her hand. When the morning she woke up, couldn't find her friends, and she followed the dripping sound into the bathroom, and they were all dead, including the dog, and the sound was their blood dripping in the shower. In the town where I grew up in East Tennessee, there was a very wealthy family named the Sennzibos. They had a lot of coal mines. and and in this town where I grew up, it was a very religious town, and transgressions were not looked upon well. And so the son of um, the owner of all the coal mines had a wife named Josephine, and his son was set to inherit the whole empire. And his wife had a beautiful baby boy. Well, it came to find out, Charles did, that this beautiful baby boy was not his. So before anybody could find out, he dragged Josephine and the baby one night into one of the tunnels leading to the coal mine. And he killed them. And he threw them into the coal mine where no one would ever find them because it was no longer a working mine. And to this day... You can go into that tunnel, and around midnight, which is when he killed them, you can hear her screaming
5: for her baby. So one time there was this one girl, her name was Lily. Lily loved fashion, um, and part of her outfits every day was this red ribbon she wore around her neck literally every day and one day uh, lily met this dude named josh and her and josh started dating and josh would always ask when we first started dating about the ribbon like why do you wear it every day and lily would always tell him that it doesn't matter and blah 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 and so but her and josh started getting really serious and josh started realizing that she never takes it off she doesn't take it off when she showers when she sleeps when never it is always on it never changes it's always the same red ribbon and so he decided to ask again after, like, eight months of dating. And she was like, oh, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Like, just don't, you don't have to keep asking, I'm not going to tell you. And a couple of years go by, and they're married now, they have kids. The kids are always wondering about it, but they don't ask her. They've asked Josh a couple times, and Josh tells them not to ask questions about it. And one night, they're in bed, and... Um, Josh looks at Lily and is like, I've just, I can't get over, like, I just don't get it. Like, what I, what is with the red ribbon? And Lily was like, you really need to drop it. Like, it doesn't matter. And so Josh dropped it. And then a week later, he just, he was, he was so curious. Like, he had to know. So we asked her again and again and again. And she kept giving the same answer of, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So one night when Lily was asleep. Josh came up with the idea that he would untie the ribbon while she was sleeping and then tie it back, and she would never know, and then he would know maybe why she wore the ribbon. So he goes to untie the ribbon, and he pulls one of the strands, then he pulls the other strand, and the ribbon comes off. But so does Lily's head. And as her head bounces off the bed and onto the floor, the eyes look at him. And the mouth says, I told you to drop it, and then she died.